Jimmy, Jimmy Crane, Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Jimmy Crane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Corain, and this is another episode of Improv Nerd, sponsored by my award-winning improv classes here in Chicago, The Art of Slow Comedy. Now, I'm going to share a little secret with you. If you want to be the best improviser that you possibly can be, here it is. You need to be a good actor. We need to believe everything that comes out of your mouth. The best improvisers are the best actors. And that's what we teach you in the Art of Slow Comedy. We teach you, before you can be funny, you need to be real. And if you're real first, you're going to be even funnier. So if you're in Chicago this August, on August 10th, I will be doing an Art of Slow Comedy Intensive. I limit it to 14 people so you get personal attention. And to sign up, all you have to do is go to jimmycorain.com. That's my website, jimmycorain.com. We're also sponsored by the good people at Hotel Lincoln. So the next time you find yourself here in the city of Chicago and you're looking for a cool boutique hotel that's close to everything, it's not only pet friendly, it's also improviser friendly as well. Check out the official hotel of Improv Nerd. That's the Hotel Lincoln. Okay, let's get on with the show because we have got a great episode for you today. From Second City's main stage here in Chicago, we have Mike Kaczynski. Now, Mike has written and performed in three main stage shows at Second City, and we sat down and we talked to him about his unique path to the main stage, auditioning for Saturday Night Live twice, and why comedy is the perfect platform to explore what makes us uncomfortable. Now, before we get to the interview with Mike, uh, Laura and I have just come back from uh, taking a vacation, and we were really super excited because um, we were going to Eagle River, Wisconsin, and it was the first time we were going with another couple, our friends Steve and Amy, and they were renting a house up in Eagle River, and we were going to go from Tuesday through Friday, even though they were going to take the whole week. So Tuesday morning... Uh, we got in the car and uh, we, you know, put our cooler in and you have to bring sheets and towels and pillows and groceries and stuff like that because it's a small, uh, very, very small town up in Wisconsin. It's like in the upper state. It's about six hours, it's a six, six and a half hour drive. And when you stop for lunch, it's about seven hours. So before we left, we called Stephen because we knew where Eagle River was. We just hadn't gotten the directions, you know, for the house, where the house was exactly. So we got in the car and we took off and we, we headed uh, north up to Wisconsin. And we called him a couple times, you know, up there. And he didn't get back to us. And, and finally, we're about 10 minutes from Eagle River. And uh, he he calls us back. We call him again. And he calls us back. And I said, we're, we're here. We're about 10 minutes away. And he said, what? I said, yeah, we're here. We're in Eagle River. We're about 10 minutes away. We just need directions for, for the house. He goes, are you kidding? And I said, no. And he said, it's not until next week. We don't get the house until next week. We're leaving Saturday. And I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. And then he says something which makes me feel even worse. He goes, well, I just thought it was a bit you were doing. And I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I, you feel bad enough that you got the wrong weekend. But then it's like he wasn't taking me seriously. And you're just like, oh, God. And you want to blame them. And I want to blame my wife. And, you know, you want to blame yourself. And there's all sorts of emotions. You feel angry and you feel sad and you feel disappointed. And then you feel afraid, you know. And I'm like, my, my, my instinct is like, we are going back to Chicago right now. And here's the thing. In the moment, 
I'm not going, oh, we've got to improvise, you know, because our plans are ruined. I want to get in the car, go back to Chicago and and continue the the ruined plans. But really, the hardest part of improvising is not on stage. It's not teaching in a classroom. It's not writing about it. It's applying it to your life. And so there we were. We were definitely, I was definitely filled with fear and, and all sorts of other emotions. And we, you feel like, you know, you're in the moment because it's like you're, you're, you're given this news. Your, your plan is destroyed right, right there. So you've either, you got to make an adjustment. And thank God, thank God, I've got a, a sane wife who is much saner than I am. And so I'm like, you know, we knew we didn't want to stay in Eagle River. So we got in the car and we drove to another small town in Wisconsin. And when we got there, it was Wausau, Wisconsin. And we got out of the car and there was a couple people there. And we said, well, what's what's a good restaurant? And they told us a good restaurant. They told us a good hotel. We ended up spending two nights there and one night in Madison. And we had a great time. And it was the first time, because when Lauren and I go on vacation, I always always ruin the, the trip. I don't know how to relax, so we end up getting in a fight. And, and, and we come back, you know, pissed off at each other. But this was the first time, and maybe because we had to come together because of the circumstances and really work together, we didn't have a fight, and we had a great time. And speaking of a great time, I had a great time interviewing and improvising with Mike Kaczynski. I know you're going to love this episode. Here it is, the Mike Kaczynski episode. Enjoy. Okay, uh, you grew up in Rockridge. It's out- Rockton. Rockton. Yes. It's outside of Rockford. Correct. Okay, yeah. so it's a small town out of Rockford, Illinois. Yes. Okay, which uh, is a small town in itself. Rockford is with a big heart. With huge heart. Big heart. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty decent size. And you went to high school there, and there's a great story you tell about the first time you. Um, performed on stage because you were really nervous right or that afraid is true. yes okay. yes very afraid um but i was in high school and um i never tried out for plays or anything like that um but i was a junior in high school and my homeroom teacher was also the choir director who was also the director of the spring musical and all that and ran a bait shop too and ran a bait <laughs> shop as well and a small bakery right, and a right, dog right, clinic right, right. And, um and so so someone that was in the musical already fell and broke his leg and um she just asked me if i wanted to do it so i was like i guess if it will help you out but like secretly i really wanted to do it um so i got to do it without auditioning or anything like that and it was a small role but and what because you said you have always kind of wanted to do it up to that point what were you afraid of at that point, I, I think just general stage fright, and 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 this was a musical, and I, uh-huh. so I was terrified about singing in front of people. And I remember like when I when I was doing it, being so thankful that even though it was a, a musical, I never had to sing by myself. And I was like, thank God. And then you go from high school, you go to Lake Forest College mm-hmm. in Lake Forest, Illinois, which mm-hmm. was another small town, mm-hmm. but a little more affluent than Rockford. Uh, with a wealthier heart. A wealthier heart. <laughs> heart of gold, we yeah. like to say. Heart of Rockford, actual gold. gold. Yeah. Um, and that's the first time you experience seeing Second City. Yes, yeah. They, it's, it's a small college, so they take, um, and I think this is because Kelly Leonard, who is um, one of the producers at Second City, right. I, he went to Lake Forest, so I think this is why this connection exists, but I'm not sure. Um, but it's a small school, so they take all of the freshman class there for kind of like their orientation. So 
literally one of my first days at Lake Forest, we go on this trip to come into the city and um, we see Second City shows and like go eat at Michael Jordan's restaurant or something like that. And um, so I fell in love with both Michael Jordan's restaurant and Second City that day. And you were conflicted because you're like, do I want to be a, a Bulls what or, or do I want to <laughs> do Second City? Which one will take yeah. less work? Right, right. Um, yeah, so, so we saw the show and I remember like very clearly, I remember it, and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is amazing. But I also remember seeing the improv portion of the, of the show, the set at the end, and being terrified by it, being like, absolutely not. This is terrifying. I wonder if there's a way I can do it without having to do that scary part. What scared you about the improv? I think just knowing that they were working without a net and, and it could fail at any moment and, and like how mortifying would that be for them. And now, of course, having done improv for a long time I, I realize that you're always up there with someone so you get to share that failure <laughs> if it happens and um, it, it, and it's not it's not terrifying in that way anymore and now is in fact the thing that we look forward to on, on when we're doing shows because you've done the same show so many times that you're just so excited to do something different at the end. Um, what do you do when you have a bad improv set or a bad show? It has never happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, God, uh, I dwell on it, unfortunately. Are you serious? Or, oh, yeah, yeah, So what yeah, are yeah. the messages in your head? Uh, I, I, it's so funny because I think, I don't know if you will relate to this at all, but there, there will be moments where you'll have like a streak of great shows that are just killer, and you're like, I figured it out. I'm never going to have another bad improv show. <laughs> like, here on out, it's smooth sailing. And then the next one is just the biggest turd. And you're like, oh, God. Um, fortunately, I'm in a position now where I'll be doing it again the next night. So it's sort of like just by sheer virtue of the number of shows you're doing, you're like, well, law of averages is going to work it all out. Um, and, and fortunately, doing it with good people means that even if you're having a crap show, hopefully everyone else is having a great show or someone else is having a great show. Are you the, you're very positive. Are you, do you ever blame the audience? <laughs> I love, who are you laughing? You don't I'm think so you're positive. I, I did a pre-interview with you. I talked to you backstage. Not one bad thing about anybody. You were telling me about, oh, someone did that. I, meant to, I said, I bet there's some jerks that come back there. No, no, no. I, I, I've, never, I've never had to work with a jerk. I, well, but I, are you na naturally positive? Uh, I, I'm so happy you think I'm positive. I think I'm very positive about other people. Okay. Um, I think if anything goes wrong, if a set is terrible or something, I will immediately be like, well, I'm the problem. <laughs> you know, I'll always blame it on myself. So. You'll say, really? Yeah, so I think I will, I'm negative in that respect, but optimistic and positive. <laughs> for other people. How, how is that working for you? Not well. <laughs> um, and then how did you end up, you, you ended up, it, three years later, you transferred to University of Chicago. You were a biology major. University of Illinois. University of Illinois. What did yeah. I say? University of Chicago. Okay. You, you bumped me up a few. Well, <laughs> that's because I think higher of you than you think of yourself. Exactly. Do you see? Yeah. Um, so then you end up at Second City and you mm -hmm. take the A3E program. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't know the A3E program, it's a very remedial, it's a lot of, I mean, everybody takes the, yeah. that program. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're an ad person or, you know, uh, you know someone from Schaumburg uh, or someone who's serious about improv. Yeah. You decide to take that. Yeah. Okay. Was, it, was that a good decision? Uh, for me, it was a great decision. I think 
because there, there are several different programs there, um, and that one, as you said, is the most remedial, most basic. Um, and so a lot of people that, especially if they have theater background or improv background whatsoever, they'll kind of jump ahead to improv for actors or um, the conservatory program, which you have to audition for. Um, but I didn't have any experience. I was too nervous to audition for the um, teams that were at my at University of Illinois. Um, and so for me, it was a good place to start because if I had jumped into something less basic, it would have been too much too soon. And I think I would have just been like terrified and, and left. Um, so I think, I think it's different for different people, but I definitely got a lot out of it. Like just as far as being comfortable with other people and being comfortable on stage and, and taking things step by step so it's not everything all at once. When you say comfortable with people, was, were you a little socially awkward? Um, <laughs> maybe a little bit, but not, not terribly. But I think what I learned early on is like being funny off stage and, and, and in social situations is very different than being funny on stage in scenes. And it's that thing where you like you're trying so hard for it initially, and it's not coming, and you're like, "What is happening?" There's <laughs> but like, I believed in everyone else, right? Of saying. course, and you, you, they were great, and you suck, right? Right. But there is that gap, you know. Like you would when I started is, and how long did you? The gap is you're really funny at a party, and then you go in class, and you suck and suck and oh. suck and suck and suck. And you're like, why can't I bring those together? Yeah. When did that click for you? That's a good question. Um, I don't know if it has. No, I'm just <laughs> um, I, I don't know when it when it happened for me. Um, I, I, this is probably a lame answer, but probably when you stop trying so hard for it too. You know, when it's so funny because now when I'm teaching and I'm saying the things that my teacher, my early teachers would say to me, I'd be like, "Oh, I see why they were saying this." But like some sometimes early on, you're just gonna be, kind of want to be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but right. I'm gonna do what I want to do." Right. Um, but now you're like, "Oh." They're trying to get you to, to just stop thinking so much, just listen, respond, stop trying to invent so much. And I think that was the trap I was falling into. Do you wish, like sometimes I wish I, wish I could go back in, in a time machine and have that patience that I had? Because it was all, there was, it was like, what was it like for you when you started? Like, I want to get to main stage. I, you know, was there that, there's always that hurry up when you got there. Yeah, yeah. I, and I still see that in, in people all the time I think it's kind of inevitable to some extent but so often people will ask us you know after shows or something like how how did you get to main stage or like how long did it take you and there's no answer you can give them that is going to satisfy them because they want to know like what's the secret to getting there and I'm, I, I, I don't know like it's going to be different for you it's going to be different for all of us and um but I, I had that as well where I I wanted to do that from the from the moment I moved here and like the path to get there was just like very. And windy. your path. Tell us about your path because it wasn't a direct path. You had no. you had done a sketch show. Um, what was the name? John, uh, Johnny's regret. Johnny's regret, uh -huh. and that got you hired in the touring company, right? Or uh, yeah, that got me hired for um, a ship contract. Oh, so you were so doing it on the boat. Yeah, and you yeah. loved everyone on the boat, right? <laughs> loved it. Loved. It. Hated myself the whole time. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I had great, great ship casts. I did four of them, and because they say like if you get a bad cast, oh, it's awful. That would be hell. Had yeah. you heard people that had oh, bad yeah. cast? Oh yeah, horror stories. Horror okay. stories. Because you're, you're, it, it's great, but you're living in such a confined space, 
in such a small room with these people and then you're working with them and you're doing every activity with them and you're eating every meal with them and so if you have any stinkers in there you're just yeah that would be hell um. <laughs> so you do the sketch show and then Beth Kligerman comes Beth mm-hmm. who is a, what's her title there she is the director of talent there. okay she oh. called me on my Facebook post. She didn't like my Facebook. I love that. About what? Then about they, this? No, not about oh. this. But I was posting some like pretty like, you know, I just had sex with my wife. You know, too much information kind of stuff. <laughs> and Beth's like, Jimmy, I love you, but uh, these Facebook posts, you know. <laughs> Does that surprise you? Uh, no, no, not at all. I, me neither. Not at all, not at all. And I love her. Yeah. Um, so you do this sketch show, and then mm. Beth sees you. Mm. You get a boat, and then from a boat, what happens? Nothing. Are you <laughs> so, serious? Well, so, and, so, okay. I, I did my first ship. It was um, in Alaska. It was great. I had such a fun time. Um, that's four months. And then when, when you get back, sometimes, sometimes people get hired for the touring company then and sometimes other... And you're companies. hoping to get hired for the touring company. Yeah, yeah. I think I was like, oh, maybe I will get... And you're not, you don't even get hired to the touring company. You get hired as an understudy to the touring company. Mm-hmm. So you sit around and hope that someone gets sick. Um, <laughs> or breaks their leg. Right, or monitoring my Facebook page for Beth Cleaver. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just kept keeping up on her. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then uh, some time passed, and I did another ship, and then while I was on that, they offered me um, a ship in Europe, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. Do you look at that as a promotion, because it's Alaska to Europe? No. Or you're like, <laughs> come really. on, hire me. A geographic promotion. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think so. I think I was just like... Oh, a chance to get a, like a free trip to Europe for because it would be like it was like half Caribbean and half Europe, and it, it went to Russia, it went to Copenhagen. Do you like oh. to travel? I love to travel. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. So, so and the money's was, good, right? It's like eight hundred bucks. It it was when I was doing it, and I, it's increased since then. I don't even know because it's a great doing. gig for like improv. I mean, I oh never had that. Oh my god! Yeah, it's so wonderful. Be- and mostly because you have no expenses while you're there, so you just can save all that money. Um, and what did you come back with, like ten thousand dollars or something? I don't even remember. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember. you seem like a really good with money. Is that? I'm neurotic and stingy. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I, I'm not not stingy. Like I'll spend money on things, but it will give me a stomachache. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I see you spending money on other people, but not yourself. <laughs> Is that right? I'm just they, throwing it right, down right, the street. Right. And yeah. then you're going home eating ramen noodles yeah, in I'm the like, dark. I deserve this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do that, and then you get, from there, they give you a touring company? Yeah. So, well, I was in a different ship in Hawaii, my fourth ship. Um, you're tired of it that by then, right? Kind of, but also I was in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> and, it was, and it was winter here, and I was like, yeah, this is good. Um, and I had a blast again another great cast and um, while I was in Hawaii they, um, I talked to Beth and she she asked me to be an understudy for the touring company so then I understudied for a while um, did a, a month long gig in Denver with Second mm-hmm. City and then while I was in Denver Beth called again and was like would you like to join Green Co which is one of the touring companies and so I did so you do the so this is great too because you do the touring company for a while and mm-hmm. then you say I'm done touring two, two, two and a half years yeah I did how, how'd you make that years. decision I think um, I think if people do it too long they get a little bitter mm-hmm. 
And were uh, you getting a little bitter? Not really, but I was like, I'm on the cusp, so okay. I want to do this before. What does on the cusp look for you? Like y y the luster of uh, of touring, uh, you traveling all the time wears off a little bit. Um, Are you like for me? It'd be like. Oh, we're staying at that hotel. We got to eat there. <laughs> is it like that? Yes, and it it varies so wide. Okay. Sometimes you would be in an amazing hotel. Like we went, we were in Stowe, Vermont, which is like a beautiful ski town, and they put us up in this amazing ski lodge. We all had fireplaces in our um in our rooms. It was beautiful. There was a a dog salon there. Uh -huh. It was beautiful. <laughs> and then we stayed at a place in Indiana that was. <laughs> basically a dog salon itself. Right. <laughs> like, it was like a red roof inn, and I'm, I'm not kidding at all, there was blood in the snow outside of our door, <laughs> which like opened to the outside, and so we were like, so it, it, that's kind of fun, because you just show up places, and you're like, I don't know what this is going to be, but we'll find out. So you didn't want to be like the old guy, and they're complaining. Yeah, yeah. You know? I had such a good time with the people that I toured with, and I felt so lucky that <clears throat> I had such a good group, and... Um, and I had so much fun, so I was like, I'd rather stop doing this while I still love doing it. But see, that's a big decision, you know, because yeah. is there trust on your part? Is this calculated on your part? Because you're quitting going, you know what, I hope they give me main stage or ETC, one mm -hmm. of the resident companies, or is it just like... I was quitting going, I was, so I knew that the time was coming up, and then we were going into summer, which is light for the touring schedule, because um, a lot of the gigs are college gigs, and so when college is not in session, there's just far fewer gigs, and um, so I knew the schedule was light, and there was, um, there was a theatrical coming up, so it would have been a month in Cleveland or something. And a theatrical means? It, it just means that they'd go to like a, a city or a town and sit down for a month and do consistent like a, runs. Like a best of show kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like It'll Second be, Cities dating. Or yeah, second, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes they'll be thematic and sometimes they'll be um, they'll be geared toward that city. So I, I talked to the producers at Second City. I said, I'm thinking about leaving um, around this time. I would really love to do this theatrical because I was like, that'll be another month of steady income and health benefit weeks and everything. Um, and so I, I, that was sort of my exit strategy to like leave touring right around the time it gets light anyway have a month of study work, and then figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and then in the interim, they were like, yeah, that sounds great. And then uh, they were like, I, I, I kept asking about it because it was getting closer and closer to that Cleveland gig, and I was like, so I still haven't heard any details on that. What's going on? And they were just being very cagey. And then one They can be cagey over there. <laughs> oh, you know? yes. Can't they? Oh, they love to keep secrets. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's their currency. That's oh, their power, don't you uh, think? God, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just always imagine them in these like secret meetings all around a big cauldron, like right. <laughs> just throwing our names in and headshots and yeah, stirring yeah. it up. <laughs> and then they wonder why there's so much gossip in the building. Know. You know, it's like they're creating it. My very he was like they'll everyone has this story of like you get hired to be on a main stage or ETC or whatever and they'll always tell you and be like can you sit on it for a week and not tell anyone <laughs> and you're like why would you do this to me right. so you're just walking around with this insane secret and then people will be like inviting you to things like down the road and you're like I can't do that and they'll, they'll be like why what I just can't I think my schedule is going to be rough then like, no reason no. right and then I bet you it leaks and people say oh Mike I heard you got ETC and you're like I don't know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, that I was actually at I/O when I was in my like sitting on it phase, <laughs> when I was just sitting on that egg, and um, there were all these people just kind of like buzzing about like, oh, I heard, I heard so and so, I heard so and so is getting this, I heard so, -and, -so. 
And so I was just kind of like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> like, probably made a weird exit. Because there's that fear of like, if they think I revealed some information, I'm gonna lose the gig, right? Yeah, yeah, because I also didn't believe that it would happen until it was like in writing and like I'm signing a contract and I'm there doing it, you know? You just imagine they're gonna call up and be like, we made a mistake. <laughs> we met someone else. Well, there has been, there has, like, the, my generation, there has been, like, miscommunication. People have been like, oh, this person's going to get this company, and then it turns out yeah. at the last minute they don't. Yeah, I, I don't know how or why rumors get started, probably because of all the secrecy. But, um, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's always talk of, like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be this person, and then... I think it just gets so many so many people behind it that it gets so much momentum that then that person probably starts feeling like this is a done deal. Right. And then yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your first show at ETC. Mm -hmm. uh, we're all in the room this room together. Mm -hmm. Now you wrote this scene called Parents. Uh -huh. Okay. Can you tell us a little about that scene? Yeah, so it was a scene where um it was an audience interaction scene where um it would start out with um me at home visiting my parents. And um, then they would be like, we're so excited to meet your new boyfriend. Uh, we can't wait to meet him. And I'm like, oh, he should be here any minute. Um, uh, it was, gay marriage was not legal in, LA, or in Illinois at that time. Um, so we talked about like, oh, yeah, I know marriage isn't legal here yet, but it is love legal. Like the mother would say that. And then we'd hear a doorbell and I'd be like, he's here. And then I would go get a man from the audience and bring him up and introduce him as my boyfriend. And we would like put him through the ringer. <laughs> and put him through the ringer in terms of they'd meet your parents yeah. on stage, and then they'd go from... Then Then we would send them... Then I would be like, oh, and we have another surprise. We're getting married! <laughs> and uh, then we would take them through the marriage, and we would actually get married on, on stage. <laughs> by, by, by who married you? By Prince. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, Played by Tony Newsom, who was <laughs> eerily good at Prince. <laughs> um, and so what... What did you want to accomplish in, in that scene? Um, well, I, I wanted to do something about uh, gay marriage um, on some level, and I always love those like audience interaction pieces, even though I hate being on the receiving end of that if I go to a show. I bet you it was better <laughs> when the person was really uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. If yeah. they tried to play along, if they tried to like make jokes or stuff, then it always kind of tanks. Um, and it, it, I mean, it didn't tank, it just like the audience is not as enamored with them because there's there's like built-in tension yeah there's if built they're in really tension. uncomfortable there's like built-in tension don't you think yeah yeah and the, the, i think the best thing that anyone can do in that situation is just like try to be genuine and be themselves because then the audience is the audience is like seeing it through their eyes because mm -hmm. they're like glad they picked that guy and not me right but they're like so empathetic of that situation but then when like if the guy's like trying too hard to do something weird the audience starts feeling like, we don't like you. <laughs> Do you think it, it, it's risky to talk about politics and comedy? I think it can be. Um, but I think that's also kind of the place for it because you kind of have to have a sense of humor about so much of it. And so much of it is so ridiculous that it deserves to be made fun of, you know? Um, we did, while I was in Denver... We did this um, piece that Tom Flanagan had written for the ETC show that was happening at that time. And um, it was uh, this thing about the Tea Party, it was when the Tea Party was big, 
And it was this whole song about how stupid the Tea Party was, basically. And um, we did it, and I was playing Tom Flanagan's role and singing this whole song. And um, Denver is weirdly, like, very liberal, but surrounded by yeah. very conservative areas. And so I just remember, like, a man getting up during that song and just being like, Fuck you guys! And walking you out. middle fingers? That. Really? Yeah, he walked out like this. <laughs> Double so fingers like, and walked yeah. out. I was like, oh, wow. I'm glad you got to make your point. <laughs> and, and when Tom Flanagan was doing that at ETC, somebody like threw a lemon at him from their drink or something. So I think, I mean, if you're getting that big of a reaction about it, I think you're you're hitting a good how nerve. How do you live with that? Because I have a hard time. <laughs> Honestly, I have a hard time with that. How do you, you know, live like, with yourself? Well, you know, how do you like, okay, I pissed some people off. I yeah. did this thing, you know. And people had a strong reaction. And how do you like not take it personally? Oh yeah, that's. A, I wish I knew. Um, uh, I think I do take it a little bit personally. Um, but I also think I think a Tom Flanagan is more willing to go for it than I am. Um, I think I would be more careful on the front end. And not that he was not careful. He he wrote an amazing uh, scene. Um, but I feel like I probably do less pointed attacks, or you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, so I probably don't I probably just don't veer as strongly toward any direction in that now you auditioned twice for SNL yes um, can you tell us about those auditions yeah um, so they uh, they come through every usually every year um, I think it just is dependent on whether or not they're looking for new cast members mm -hmm. or whatever um, and so they came to Second City both times saw our shows uh, and then invited us to fly out and um so they basically just tell you, you have five minutes, you can, um, you can kind of do whatever you want, but they encourage you to do like three original characters and three impressions um, within that five minutes. And so you go, uh, you do it right there on the, on the now stage. Now did you have three characters and three impressions? Yeah, I actually had more than that. I was like, I mean, <laughs> I had thousands of characters right. ready to go. Um, I did not have impressions. I think I think it's pretty standard in this improv community to not really have impressions at the ready. In Chicago, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's actually becoming less the case now. I think more people are doing it, probably largely because of SNL. Um, so I just I chose some kind of character things, and then um, I'm trying to remember the impressions I did. Oh, I did. Um, uh, Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. Okay, Do you know who that is. Yeah. I have never even watched that show before, but but I was like, it's a very popular show. People have told me I look like him, and um, it's not somebody that they see all the time. Um, oh, I did Tim Gunn from Project Runway. Okay. Do you know who that is? Um, How'd you do that? I, I think I did Tim Gunn coaching a basketball team. Okay. <laughs> Can you do a little? Oh, oh God. Yeah. Uh, I think it was because Lauren Michaels listens to this podcast. So <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's just waiting for right, it to download, right. <laughs> especially when he sees my name. Um, I think I was just. Why like, do you say that? You think that he? No, no, no. I don't think he. I don't think he has any ill will toward me. Um, <laughs> he's not trying to have me off or anything. Um, no, no, no. I'm just like I don't imagine I'm like <laughs> a draw for him. So you're gonna do the Tim Gunn. Oh God! Yeah, I don't remember everything that I did, but basically I would just be like, "Players, can we caucus?" <laughs> That's just like all he does. So, um, 
So that's why I didn't get hired. Uh, <laughs> um, Were you out with, I hope I get his name, I love Chris Wataski. Yeah. Did I get the name right? Yeah, I am yeah. so happy. <laughs> Were you out the night? Because you screwed up his name. Once, oh, I did. Like? The last time. We had him on before, and he told a great story about going out with Lauren Michaels with the French fries. Mm -hmm. Were you there? Yes. What was your take on that? Can you give us your version of that yes, story? Yes. So um, the night before we were to audition, he like invited some of us out for drinks and, and French fries. Um, and his whole thing was, I'm sure Chris told, tells us better, but um, he was like, um, he asked the waitress, like, can you bring some French fries over to the table? And she, he was like, the waitress was like, yeah. And then he's like, and you know what, go ahead and bring a lot, because once everyone sees me eating them, everyone's going to want french fries. <laughs> um, but my experience with that whole thing, the most awkward moment of that for me was, so Lauren comes over, and we're all already sitting there, and he's like, hi, hi, hi. And of course your instinct is to be like, hi, I'm Mike. And he's like, I know who the fuck you are, I invited you here. <laughs> like, <laughs> he knows your name, but you're, you're like, how would you know my name? Um, so we were just far enough and across two tables that like it was very weird and I wasn't sure whether or not to shake hands. <laughs> so he was like, so we're like doing this dance <laughs> for like what felt like 10 minutes. And then I think ultimately like ended in like this, <laughs> like touching each other's fingers lightly and then like. <laughs> and that was probably the moment where he was like, this isn't gonna work out. <laughs> so what happened in the, the audition? So the audition... Do you think it went well? I feel like it's so hard to gauge because it's a room with not a lot of people and, and, and they don't laugh a ton. They laugh here and there, but um, they're also so focused on, like, they're watching you in real life. They're also watching you on screens, I think, and they're probably taking notes and all of this stuff, and they've seen everything as far as comedy goes. So they laugh here and there, but um, I, I was talking with someone else about it, and we kind of agreed that... Um, if someone had told me it was the best five minutes of my professional career, I would believe it. If someone told me I went in there and didn't even say real words, <laughs> I would also believe that. When you're done with it, what, what's, what's like in your head? I mean, is it like you've, you've been, someone punched you in the head? Or? A little bit, yeah. I think, you're, I think you're constantly trying to replay things. I remember thinking like, oh my God, did I skip bits? Like, did I do everything? I, I can't even remember if I did every single thing. Um, so it's almost like you're, you're blacking out. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it is kind of an. And then they, they asked you to come again. Yeah. And then is that I mean was that like a year later or? Yeah, it was a it was a year later. So it was this. Do you get your hopes up even more, or is it, or you're like you know what I've been through this. Uh, I think I was a, about the same. Um, you know, as far as um, I don't know. It just seems like oh, this is such a long shot. I'm shocked that I'm in here. Um, so. I don't know. I don't think I really had my hopes up higher or anything. Um, yeah, but maybe maybe it was slightly less terrifying the second time just because I sort of knew the drill. And I have to say, everybody there, at least that I dealt with, is so, so, so nice. Like this um, stage manager, uh, the, guy that, the, the guy that runs the camera is so – I don't – he probably has a more technical name than that. But <laughs> he um, is so nice and will, like, come and get you, and he walks you into the room, and he's like – don't worry, everything's gonna be fine. Um, if you ever freak out, just look at me. I'm with you the whole time. And he's just like so caring, and you're like, oh my god, this is my best friend in the world right now. So yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready to improvise? Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to take as a suggestion? 
Um, let's take a location. Great. We're going to take a location. Something that would fit on this stage. Can we get a, a library? A library. Great. And then you hear library. Mm -hmm. You hear location. Mm -hmm. How do you process a suggestion? Um, I picture the space. Okay. First. So what are you picturing now? Uh, just a pretty standard row of um, of, of books, maybe um, mid afternoon. Oh, you even a time. Yeah. Okay. Why is that important? I I don't know. That's just sort of what I immediately thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you don't know in terms of character which is when you hear library. Mm, sometimes I do. I I feel like sometimes I go into scenes with a real agenda, and other times I don't. You know, um, and this. Right now, I feel like I would have just gone into the space and see what happens. Okay, let's just go in the space and see okay, what happens. Cool. Okay. So, I found it. Oh my god. The book you were looking for about Paris. Oh my god. Yeah. Bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> It was right here. I mean, it was it was it was mismarked. It was in the wrong section. I, do you think I'm crazy for going? I just I need to get away. I, was was that a real question? Because <laughs> I'm just afraid if I answered, you're going to go off on me. Okay, Frank. When have I been known to go off on you? Right now. For okay, <laughs> we're in the library. I'm sorry. Broke up with Kyle. Yeah. That's why you're going. Also, I love culture. Bullshit. Jeez, bullshit. When? The last two days. Okay, I want to go because Kyle and I always said we would go. And this will allow me to go post a bunch of pictures of it on Facebook so Kyle can look at those pictures. Bill, he's not coming back, okay? You blew it. I, I guess I won't go. I'll just stay here and rot in this town. Uh, Is that what you want? Now? Friend, I, don't, I, I don't want you to feel sorry for yourself. I don't want that. Well, what do you want? I, I want you to just get over it. It was only a four-year <laughs> relationship. <laughs> Four of my best. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. High school. That's fair. High school. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. The musical? Those you ones. got the lead. Guys and dolls. My glory days. Yep. <laughs> kind of gone downhill since then. It has, Bill. Well, maybe Paris is my new start. No, Paris is not the solution. How do we know that unless we try? They have a ton of musical theater there. Bill, you don't speak the language. Yet? <laughs> Immersion, tell me, Frank. Tell me one thing in France. Tell me one French word, please. Fromage. Cheese. Yes. Okay, you're just going to go around and go fromage, fromage, fromage? What no, I, I would say, je voudrais fromage. What does that mean? I mean, it means I would like some cheese. I've learned a couple phrases. I think it's going to be fine. Phil, Frank. you're running. You do this every four years. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Remember when you got the part in Guys and Dolls? Yeah. Guy Masterson? Yeah. What did you say to me after you got the part? I said, 
fuck you. I'm on my way to the top. Right. And you made reservations for Broadway. Yeah. You were going to New York. Yeah. And you, this was your first play. I'm sorry, I get carried away. Yes, you do. And I'm sorry every time something good happens to me, I try to fix you. But, wait. I mean, I fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, Phil. I've stood by you for all these years, and you ditched me every time you got a good. That's what you're doing now. No, that's what you're doing. I don't want to talk to you. No, Frank. No. Frank. No, I'm looking for a book on Rome. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to Rome. Frank, Rome. You are a jackass. You are a. I am so mad at you right now. Frank. Come to Paris with me. No, I'm not going to be bought off. Well, I wasn't going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are so selfish. You've always been selfish. I'm sorry. I want to be a star, whether it's in a relationship or musical theater. I don't care. I just want to be or something. Or a friendship. Sure, yeah. But I, I, I want to be a star, too. OK. But I'm not going to step on my friends to get there. You know what, Phil? You see the same people going up the ladder as you do coming down. Yeah, I guess so. What? What, what do you want to do? What's your? What's you, your you've never asked me. I'm We've known each other for 34 years. This is the first time that Phil has asked me. Phil wants to know what Frank wants to do. When it comes to a restaurant, you never ask where I want to go. When you go to a bar, you never ask where to go. You just say, hey, meet me there. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh, now you're just patronizing. No, no, no. I, I really want okay, to know. Okay, okay. It's uh, the uh, Kumo's Corner, the burger place. Kumo's Corner? Yes. <laughs> is that anywhere near Kumo's Corner? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Let, let's go there. Let's, let's, let's go there. We'll, we'll get our books, we'll check out, and let's go really? to Kumo's. You're really going to do something for me? Yes. Because yes. I don't trust it. I want to change, OK? OK, great. We'll go. Look, maybe instead of a book on Paris, I will, I will get um, How to Be a Friend for Dummies, or um, uh, How to Be Less Selfish. I think that would be good. OK. We're going to go to Kumo's Corner. Just give me a shot, OK? A shot? No, I mean, uh, give me a chance. I don't think Kumos does shots. <laughs> okay, I'm giving you a chance. I'm sorry. I'm selfish. I don't think that's ever going to change, but I will try to be better to you. What does that mean? I will support you. Okay. I'll push you up the ladder. I want to be a sculptor. You're laughing at no, me. No, you are no, laughing at no, me. I, just, I shouldn't have told you. No, I just sculptor. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Oh my god. I haven't taken it out of the I know, yeah. Oh my god, it's such a beautiful box. Do you mean that? Yeah. See the thing, the little indent? Yeah, yeah. That's where you put the cigarettes. Yeah. 
And I like that other people would be like, it's important that it be symmetrical. And you were like, no worries there. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, Frank. I made it for you. On your anniversary of not smoking. <laughs> that seems like an odd gift to give someone. Thank you. I was inspired by you not smoking. Thank you. Every time I look at this, I will think, I could have put a cigarette out in that. <laughs> Look what I put on the bottom. Oh my god. I put five years of sobriety. <laughs> and the anniversary date right there. Eight fourteen. Frank, that's amazing. Frank, thank you. Thank you. Huh? I didn't give you that because I wanted something in return. <laughs> oh, um. I gave that because I love you as a friend. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you. But I, I do have something for you. No, 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 please. No, 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 it's, no, I, I don't no, have it here. No, it's, no. I, I, really? Uh, it's, it was too big to carry. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. What did you get me? Because you never get me a present. No. No, <laughs> no you don't. I, I, Christmas, not. birthday, you never. But I'm changing. You got me a present? I, this what did you get it's me? It's a big one. What did you get me, Phil? It's, I, I can't hurt, I can't. Tell me, it should you? be a surprise. It should be a surprise. No, I, oh, great. I love surprises. Great. So great. maybe like next week we. Could a guy have a hint? Um, it is something you use. <laughs> but it's big. Sure is. You got me a toaster oven. I wanted a toaster oven. You got me a toaster oven. Yeah, well, You're kidding me, Phil. <laughs> you got me, the, you got you got me a toaster oven. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, no, no problem. Thank you for this. It's an ashtray. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> When can I come and get it? Maybe give me a week or so? Why that long? To just kind of dust it off. Oh, it's not new? I mean, it's new, but you know how new things get dust. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. They're in plastic. It, the outside, you know. Not, I don't worry about the uh, box. I love the wrap the, the, No, the, oh, you went I didn't it. get you a gift, Frank. <laughs> I thought so. I knew it. You know, just when I, just when you're about to let me in, you smash me right in the mouth. It's my ah. favorite band, and you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to I, make this you, I thought me. you were going to change. I gave you that opportunity to change. I know, and I want to, but it's, I, I didn't have time. I didn't know you were bringing it. Now I know why Kyle broke up with you. It's always about you. Oh, look with your big mouth open all wide, <laughs> like you're surprised and hurt. How dare you? How dare you? I can't believe you would take his side. Of course I'm taking his side. You two got a thing going on? No. <laughs> no. You only say no twice when you're lying, Frank. I <laughs> What do you mean by thing? <laughs> <laughs>
Maybe. I think it was mostly just because we didn't know each other at all. And so I was like, I don't know what, what Jimmy's going to do ever. And, and right. not that you ever know what somebody's going to do in improv, but right. just we didn't have that familiarity. But it was so fun to, to find yeah, out. Yeah, I had a really good time. Me Is too. there anything um, that you would have wanted to do differently? Um, I, I feel like I could have made some stronger choices. Like up where? Um, up top. Like maybe more clear on why I was going to Paris, which you filled in, which was wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, like if, if somebody has a desire to go to Paris from wherever we are in America, I feel like that could have been a stronger desire. So I feel like I could have played that harder. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, what would have changed if you would have done that, you think? I, I think stakes would have been higher and, uh, you know, comedy will come from that more. So right. if I had, for example, decided like, no, I'm going to Paris. I'm going tonight. I'm going right now. I'm packing my bags now. Then we have more stakes as you're trying to talk me down from that. Okay. Yeah. So it's just been more tension in yeah. the scene, more more of a conflict. There. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to take some questions okay. uh, yeah, uh, from the audience. So if we could turn the lights on, great. Uh, and if uh, just by a show of hands, who's got a question, uh, let's uh, ask either what we just did or a question specifically for Mike. Yes. Um, so it's obviously very exciting being on the main stage each night, but since it's the same show over and over again, what do you do personally to spice up each show to make it exciting? Oh, that's great. Yeah, what do we do to make it uh, different and exciting each time? Um, well, for the most part, it, you know, there, there is some improv in there, but um, I think when we start kind of like getting stuck in a rut, we will kind of start playing little pranks on each other. <laughs> so um, like maybe that involves like, recasting a scene a little bit so like if, if like I have to walk out and say something maybe I'll be like somebody else should do it and then and it's so stupid it's like not even it's not even like a great prank because it doesn't really change the show but it destroys whoever's doing it because they're so used to seeing the same thing so it'll be like a surprise yeah so like there's a moment in our show now where um we're the three guys we're all singing this song and the girls all bring our um our jackets out to us and we put them on during the song and um one time um the two girls brought out the other guy's jacket, and um, Chelsea, who brings me mine out to me, just brought out this <laughs> sparkly Christmas tree skirt. <laughs> so I just like put it on like, and wore that instead for the rest of the song. Great. Uh, another question, right here. I was going to ask when you guys are creating the, the show and so forth, how much room do you guys? Are you allowed to like do whatever you want, or do you just say, "Whoa, we got to put one back"? Or how much room do you guys have to create your own material like that? That's a great question. Um, you at Second City, it's so, you're so fortunate. You can do whatever you want. Even while we were rehearsing for this show, the owner of Second City, Andrew Alexander, came in and stopped by, and, and he was like, and so wonderfully was like, um, I just want to remind you guys that you can do anything. There, you should feel no um, no censorship at all. Um, but what's funny about Second City is um, you can put up whatever you want, and the audience is going to tell you if they. <laughs> are into it or not you know like they'll laugh or they'll be like absolutely not um so so yeah you can do anything really if you ever the audience is if you it. ever put something up where you in a in a set you're working on a show and you're like this is gonna kill this is a great idea and it goes up and it just dies a miserable death yes can you give me an yes. example we still joke about this because it was something we were trying out oh god i should not tell this um, so I, I actually stand by this as a funny premise, but I, I don't know how to execute it clearly. So the premise was like, 
me in doing this monologue um, where I'm like on the phone with somebody who um, who I'm a parent and their child has been bullying my child at school. So I'm calling them to um, to to confront them and be like, you need to talk to your kid. And um, so you only hear my half of the conversation. And it's just like, um, <laughs> oh God, I can't believe I'm telling this. Um, so it's like, uh, what? Um, so, so the the other parent is asking, like, well, what did what did my child say to your child? And I keep being like, it's not important what they said. It's the fact that they're bullying. Like, bullies need to be stopped, regardless of what they're actually saying. And they're like, well, what what are they saying? I'm like, it doesn't matter what they're saying. And then it comes out that their child has called my child a fat N word. <laughs> so the audience, as I was saying that, and I didn't say the actual word, but. I, there's something so funny to me about adults trying to talk about bullying, but they can't actually say the thing that their child is being bullied about. Like, they're too afraid to actually say the word. Um, but the audience heard it, and their butts closed up real tight. <laughs> they, they were like, we're from Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, what were, part of that were you embarrassed to tell about? Just the fact that I tried a scene where I kept saying fat N-word. <laughs> okay. But it became, and the, the thing is too, like we were talking about it before I did it that night and I was, and when I was like, I don't know, I don't know if this is anything. And, and everybody was like, it's so funny, you have to try it. Like it'll be, it's so funny. And the audience disagreed. <laughs> and um, now we still, we still joke about it. Like, well. And how many, how many times did you try that before you go, you know what, this, this doesn't work? I tried it once. <laughs> I was like, no more. Um, I really, there. I really think that there is something there that could be funny to explore about that because I just think it's such an interesting idea. But I didn't really want to explore it. And Mick Napier, our director, was like, "I applaud your bravery for trying it." Wait, <laughs> let's take another question. Yes, right here. Now you said that a lot of people will approach you after a show and be like, "Oh, how did you get there?" Um, and while there is no definitive thing, is there something that you definitely recommend people that are training? Um, that they need to do. Or something that like you took a lot from that you would highly recommend to someone else. Yeah, I would say putting up your own stuff. Like I did independent sketch shows. I mean, also just doing it as much as you can. I did IO Annoyance. I did some stuff at Playground. I did, um, uh, and then I did an independent sketch team. Um, and I think writing your own shows really prepares you for um, writing shows at Second City. And also, like if people are coming to see those as, as Beth did with mine, um, they get a sense of who you are a little bit more, you know? Great, another question? No more questions? We solved improv. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, I wanna talk about the current main stage cast. Yeah. And you and John Hartman um, are both openly gay. Yeah. Right. Um, and I believe that's the first time it's ever happened yeah. in main stage. Yeah. Is it's that? only like the fourth, maybe, <coughs> openly gay men on that stage ever. Okay. Has that helped you talk more openly about gay issues? Um, I, I would love to say yeah, but I, I think because, as I was saying before, that there is no censorship and Second City is not, doesn't censor you at all. I never felt stifled about it before, you know? But in terms of, like, when you were in ETC, you were... You were 
just one gay voice. And now it's my new solo show. Right, gay voice. One gay voice. One gay. It's the gayest voice. And then the and then now there's there you've got another voice up there. Gayer. Right. So does that. Would that help? You know, like like you're you're not. It's not just like a token anymore. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it is kind of a unique situation. Um, be, I, I would say more so because you can like, kind of like bounce ideas off each other a little bit more and be like, do you like John? Do you feel like this is true? And you know, um, almost like it's taken for granted. Like you don't have to like. I would imagine an ETC. You know, there's a like you have to explain it a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Um, and I feel like anything in that situation when you're the only gay person in the cast, you feel like, well, anything that's gay is going to be immediately attributed to you, like as in you brought it in. Mm-hmm. Whereas like people, people could have brought in gay stuff that they wanted to say about it mm-hmm. as well, but immediately would be attributed to me. You know, so I don't feel like that's really the. Do the people look at you and say, okay, we want to check this out in terms of? You know, the gay material. It's oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We like, want to make sure it's. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think um, anytime you're doing something where you're kind of speaking to a minority that is not your own, you kind of like look to them and be like, is this okay? <laughs> like, which is why I went to Tawny, the African American cast member in our cast, when I was uh, thinking about doing the fat N word thing. <laughs> and she loved it more than anyone. She was like, you have to do it. Do you think it would have been different had she been involved in that? We talked about that actually because we were like, what if it's a scene and she is the other person in the scene? She's the other mother in the scene. And then we were like, well, what if then her son called my son, uh, or I'm sorry, like my son called her son a faggot or something, mm-hmm. but she didn't feel comfortable saying that. So she's like saying the F word, I'm saying the N word, and we're like, you know, bouncing back and forth with that. Is it in comedy okay to say those words? When is it okay to say those words? Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, Louis C.K. probably talks about that in his his thing, best of all, which is like when he's like, he has a whole bit about um, don't say the N word because I'm I'm just thinking the actual word in my head. Right. <laughs> like just say it. Um, I think it is okay in the right the right situations, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Should I say it all now? <laughs> say what all now? Should I say all of those horrible words now? All context, you know, it's, it's who's saying it, it's um, is it necessary, how is it being said? I think, you know, there's this whole debate right now. I just listened to that Mark Maron pat- podcast with RuPaul, mm-hmm. and there's that whole debate right now in the trans community about whether or not Tranny. tranny is, is right. um, offensive. And, you know, there are people from every every camp on that and I sort of fall into the um, camp of like it's how you say it I think it's like with bitch too it's like there are certain people who I'll be like what's up bitch and that's like me genuinely like saying that to a friend but if you say it with a different tone then it's derogatory right you know? and if you say the c word that's like the highest compliment <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! So you've done. <laughs> this is your third. Th- my third. What? Show, yeah. you, how much longer do you think you're going to hang around? Not too much longer, I don't think. Uh, uh, I <laughs> thank you for saying that with such enthusiasm. Well, I felt bad in you. <laughs> no, I felt bad because we had talked about it no, 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 before, no, no. and I'm like, eh, I don't want to. You know, no, like, no, like, no, like, no. I don't want to put you on. 
No, I, I think this Beth will be my last. Because Beth Lieberman monitors my Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, she's got wiretaps in the right. room right now. Um, sh uh, yeah, I think this will be my, my last book. What, and what, what do you want to do? Uh, I'll move to L.A. after this. And you have representation now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of SNL and stuff? Yeah, well, uh, also just because of Chicago. For, fortunately, um, I, think, I think because there's been so much focus on Chicago because of all the recent hirings with SNL here, um, a lot more people are looking here now. And I, I have a manager now um, who is based in Chicago, but they have offices in LA and um, New York, and they are wonderful. And who is it? Her name's Brooke Shoemaker. Do you know her? Okay, no. She's wonderful and largely responsible for bringing in all of these people to see Chicago talent. So they're um, they're bringing in people like they just a couple of weeks ago brought in a bunch of executives from like ABC, um, CBS, NBC, Comedy Central, Showtime, like literally like 30 people and they just brought them in they had showcases they brought them to our shows and when you hear that mm -hmm. abc showtime nbc comedy central's in the audience yeah do you freak out a little does the cast freak out a little weirdly not really fortunately because we're like well we're just doing the same show that we do every night um so the most that i freak out is like oh i hope it's a good audience but also I don't know, I guess I just never, in a, in a good way, I don't expect anything from that. Like, at best, I'm like, oh, these people will remember us 10 years from now whenever we're, like, being put on, uh, being in an audition with them or something. Um, so it's great. I mean, it's wonderful, and they were so kind, and um, and I feel like we did get to meet a lot of people, and they will remember us when we go do things in L.A. or whatever. Um, so it's very beneficial. But What do you want to do? What's your ultimate goal? That's so weird. I don't really know because I think when I moved here, I was so dead set. I'm like, I want to do improv. This is what I want. And so it was very clear to me what I needed to do, which was just take classes and do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. Um, so now I'm like at a weird point where I'm trying to figure out what the next thing is because I, I like TV and film, but I don't have that same like, I have to do this. Like I think there are certain people that are like, I love it. I love the work of it. I, I'm like, I don't know if I do. I've not done enough of it. So I need to figure that out. Great. we got to wrap this up. One piece yeah. of advice you would give somebody who's just starting an improv today. Oh. Um, in, this sounds cheesy, but enjoy what you're doing now. Like, stop thinking about what it will get you and how to get where you want to go and just enjoy the thing that you're doing. Great. Mike Kaczynski, thank you so much thank for you being for having here. Me. Yes. Thank I, you. This was a blast. Yeah, thank, like you. thank you. And thank you, guys. And there you have it, another episode of Improv Nerds in the Can, episode 94. Can you believe it? The Mike Kaczynski episode. And I loved uh, his Lauren Michael story and talking about auditioning for Saturday Night Live twice. And I, I just, I, I love it when our guests come on and talk about that stuff because it seems so mysterious to me. I want to thank our guest, Mike Kaczynski, from Second City's main stage. Go and check out the new show there. He is great in it, and it's a great, great show. I want to thank our hosts here at Stage 773 in Chicago. They treat us like rock stars. You can't ask for anything better than that. And I'd like to thank our interim producer, Dan Schiffmacher, and welcome our new producer of Improv Nerd, Jesse Swanson. 
Also, check out uh, jimmycorain.com, my website, and sign up for our newsletter and our improv blog. Each week, I will be sending you a wonderful blog that's going to help you become a better improviser. You can also check out my new book there, Improv Therapy, and get an Improv Nerd t-shirt. They're only $19.99, so get one and show us your support. Also, we are taking over social media, so go to our Improv Nerd Facebook page and like us. It really helps with my low self-esteem. We're on uh, Twitter, so follow us there. Uh, it's Improv underscore Nerd. We've got a YouTube channel. We're just we're, we become global. Uh, you figured this out for yourself. We're also on Feral Audio, uh, feralaudio.com. And we're not alone. It's a podcast collective of some of the coolest, funniest podcasts around. Uh, people like Chelsea Peretti and Todd Berry and Dan Harmon, they all have wonderful podcasts. So check that out, feralaudio.com. I want to thank uh, our sponsor, Hotel Lincoln, and I want to thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run. Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island and he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would it, what would that be like? <laughs> it might go something like this. Well, Mr. Karloff, I loved you and Frankenstein, and I love giving you a blowjob. Why, Mr. Seinfeld, I'd love having you 